Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, Geekscapists? Welcome to our brand new Geekscape podcast. And this is actually a Geekscape special. We're going to be talking all about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the new Disney Plus MCU series that just wrapped up. And since it wrapped up and you had the full weekend to watch it, well, there's going to be some spoilers coming up. Uh, If you're listening to this on the podcast, welcome. If you're listening to this, uh, maybe you're watching on YouTube or Facebook or Twitch. Thank you for joining us. The comments are open, so jump on in if you're live, uh, and uh, maybe we'll answer some questions. Ian Kerner is going to join me, and we're going to be breaking this down. If this is not your typical Geekscape, uh, we have typical Geekscapes where I sit down with a guest, we talk a little bit of news and reviews. We got some Mortal Kombat coming up later this week that we'll talk about. So please subscribe if this is not your regular Geekscape. And you're like, hey, I just wanted to find out uh, what they thought of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And maybe I want to see what they think about other stuff. You're going to want to subscribe to the podcast. It's on every podcast app. Just search for Geekscape. We're the flagship show. But if you want to listen to some other Geekscape shows, we've got a couple across the network that might interest you as well. So uh, just enjoy Geekscape. It's all kind of fun. All right. No more filibustering, Jonathan. we got some Falcon and Winter Soldier to talk about. There's a lot to talk about here. And... uh, I only know one person that I want to talk about this stuff with. The person I started the very first Geekscape podcast back in 2006 with. He is a Hollywood insider. He is a comic book aficionado. And he's also our very own super soldier here at Geekscape. That's Ian Kerner. There he is. Ian, how are you, buddy? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm good. You're wearing, you're still wearing your uniform. So as far as alter egos go, like you're not doing a good job of hiding yours. Uh, for those of y'all uh, listening, Ian's wearing his Captain America uh, super soldier top. Um, you just came from training, didn't you? Yeah, I was hitting the bag. Oddly, even in the outfit, it didn't like bust apart and go flying or anything. But you know, what are you going to do? You, you went light or there's some vibranium in that punching Maybe. bag. 
maybe. So I'm guessing it's a little combination of both. Thank you for sparing that bag. Um, okay, so Ian, let's just start from the top. We had six episodes of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You did the Justice League Slander Cut review with us. More pertinent to this conversation, you talked WandaVision with us. And uh, these two series are not connected narratively, but there might be some connections leading into the later MCU stuff that we get post these two Disney plus series. We'll see where Loki puts us next month or in two months, but um, let's just start off the way we start off. You well, most of these reviews, like, did you like this? Oh six my part God. Falcon Winter Soldier series. I, I mean, I, I loved it, but let me say this about connections, you know, as we've seen going from the get go and back to Avengers, you know, the first one, um, you know, you have these, these initially movies that, you know, are very different in terms of who the characters are and they come together because they're in the same universe. And, you know, you can expect that, that that's going to happen. Um, not to jump to the end of this thing, but this thing set up so much else. You know, what I wanted to say to start off with was just how unexpected this series was. And maybe it shouldn't have been. I mean, I think we should have expected them to draw a lot from um, the uh, run the Sam Wilson, Captain America series. Um, which they certainly did in terms of themes and I was unexpected for me, but so welcome that they drew from truth, you know, which was, you know, the, the Isaiah Bradley, um, Captain America comic book series as well. Um, you know, talk about like the timing, right? Like for this year, having been what it, what it's been, you know, and even down to, you know, the, uh, you know, uh, the Derek Chauvin verdict this week and to have that, that last episode hit, I mean, never could it have been more timely, you know, this series. And it was so good. And, you know, I, I just remember when it being announced and, you know, it's funny, my, my wife is out, but she actually had wanted to listen to this. Maybe she will later instead of doing it live, but cause she's never listened. But, you know, I told her how I, I reference her all the time. She's like, really? I didn't know that. I was like, yeah, why would you know? She lives with you. So she gets her own specials. Like, she she does, has, she I'm sure you comment on all this stuff like I do. As oh, we my God, it. all the time. We yeah. have full conversations. <laughs> but, you know, she loved WandaVision so much. And she kept saying, oh, Falcon is such. I don't think I care about that one. Because, you know, as, as people that have listened to these specials before know, you know, I've said for a while, my wife, I got her into really into the Marvel stuff, and she was really surprised by the soul of it. Like she'd seen Black Panther, she wanted to see and loved it. And then when I got her to go back to the beginning with with my stepson and, and, and watch all of them, and she was really surprised, particularly the first Captain America. Like it just had so much heart and soul, mm-hmm. and she just didn't realize that the movies had that. And so she comments all the time of the brilliance of the, just the the general feeling of both the movie making and the the story making. You know how it all weaves together. Um, so a comment on this was like, she just, she shouldn't discount anything and just go in and be willing to go on a ride because again, she just expected it to just be the big screen action spectacle, which is the part that she's not really into, but she mm-hmm. loves the story and the character development. And that's the thing that they're doing so well with these shows is they, you know, I mean, look, the movies are already do a pretty good job and they do them over multiple movies, but having the, as, as Kevin Feige has said, you know, with these series, they're a, He's it's it's a six hour movie, so mm-hmm. he has that much more time for character development. You know they have that much more time for it, um, and they do a wonderful job of doing exactly that. You know, my wife's a writer, so she really appreciates that and the themes. I mean, she cried probably five times in the finale. 
you know? Really? Um, yeah. She just, just kept talking because of just, I mean, just, the themes and just, you know, um, for, I mean, look, you know, I'm a white man, me speaking about this stuff, you know, it's, I'm not going to do it justice, you know, as much sure. as, you know, I, 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 you know, it resonates with me. I'm, I'm Jewish. So, you know, I've had my fair of, um, you know, prejudice in my life, but it's just not, not nearly the same. I mean, as my wife likes to say, I mean, I don't think of it as passing exactly, but you know, people don't necessarily know I'm Jewish just looking at me. So it's not my everyday life in the same way. It's not, not nearly the same experience, but um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's so heartening to see, you know, what, what, what this series did and touching on, you know, on, on those themes and, the, and those issues. And as I said before, particularly now, yeah, you know, I, I mean, it's it's like you wish it was real life. I think what I want to do, like my approach, the thing that I appreciated most about this series, and I appreciated a lot of it, uh, I appreciated all of it. But the work that Mark that Malcolm Spellman did as showrunner, mm-hmm. I think, is fantastic. Like you said, on a thematic level, we were talking about things like police brutality, the privatization of the military. We're talking about racial themes we're talking about all this injustice we're talking about all this stuff that like you said is current but let's face it it's america and it's commentary on america yes. this stuff you could have done back in the 60s too like that is just oh, this... it, it always would have been always yes. would have been it always would have been typical absolutely or topical i but think the, the, the comics is... when they came out years ago were, were topical and yes. resonated but you know i mean but it's and just that's, so perfect right now that's kind of what i wanted to say was that beyond the themes and the issues that it brought up and addressed in a lot of great ways just as a, like just Picking and choosing pieces of the Captain America mythos was done so economically and so yeah. well that you had Isaiah Bradley from Truth. You had the John Walker stuff addressed. You had like the Madripoor, you know, do, who do we work for anymore stuff. You had well, obviously the recent run of Sam becoming Captain America and inheriting the shield as the Falcon Captain America. And I know you can list a ton more because we haven't even touched on the Zemo and Bucky stuff and the Wakanda stuff, but there's a ton in here that they've taken from all across the Captain America mythos going back 40, 50 years. Yes. And they've put in this series in a great way. And I'm surprised they fit it all in and did it in such a cool way. Well, what was very, really smart speaking to that is, you know... Uh, let me rewind a little. I'm going to come come to this point. But, you know, yeah. when Endgame ended and, you know, Steve had given Sam the shield, you know, immediately we're like, all right, well, what's next? And, you know, do, you know, do you – in that moment, they couldn't have just jumped right in to a Sam Wilson, Captain America movie. I, I just – I don't think it would have worked. And now it does because yeah. it, it – because the questions he had were so real and so relevant. You know, and in just just that line, you know, it feels like someone else's. Well, it isn't, you know, because and, and then the whole thing as I'm watching it and seeing him come alive, and even and that, you know, I mean, listen, we're we're gonna get into this, but just you know, <laughs> the, the the dynamic between Sam and Bucky is so good, and by the end, you see Bucky's proud of him, and Bucky sees what Steve always knew because he is he he has that thing that Steve had, you know, mm-hmm. that rare thing. You know, it, it almost begs the question. There's that moment when Zemo asked him about whether he would take the super social serum. And he's like, no, he doesn't even hesitate, you know, and, and it comes, you know, you know, 
pretty close to the context of the conversation about, oh, the super soldier serum corrupts everybody. Well, not Steve, you know, yes, touche, not Steve. You know, he was that, you know, because it, it just brings out who you already are. And by the end of the series, you, you, you know, you know, Sam could take the super soldier serum. He'd be fine. You know? Yes. And you know what? I would think maybe he did because he's the one Captain America who needs a helmet and he's the only one that doesn't have actually wear one. I'm like, wait a minute. Well, Captain America wears a helmet. He's that, not zipping around. That that, like, that 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 that's a whole that's a whole other conversation. I want to get to that about. The I'm, be, I'm being I'm being silly. I'm being silly well, about it. But yeah, he, he, here's the thing. You know, I don't I'm not I don't want to jump to the end. But let me just say, my hope at the end of last week was so in the comics, Sam's wings were made by Black Panther years ago, long before he was. Um, before he became Captain America, he was just Falcon. He had vibranium wings from T'Challa. Um, so, and the presumption is it, it just stayed that way. But it's only recently that this whole idea that, that the Black Panther's whole costume has this vibranium lace in it. And they don't come out and say it, but I'm kind of hoping that Sam's does because it makes it much more believable. It's a little unclear, you know, and, and I watched it a second time, you know, with my wife. And, and I'm looking for it. And there are times he's taking hits. I mean, the fact that he even gets up from them, you know, you want to think, all right, he has to have to vibranium in that thing. But, yeah. you know, it begs the question. It's the same thing, you know. Someone hits the shield, he falls down. He, he kind of shouldn't. I mean, I guess there's an argument of whether or not he was braced. The vibranium supposed to absorb it completely, you know. So, you know, you know, maybe it's a quibble about, you know, how the fights are choreographed or whatever else. I'm just saying that, you know, it's like, I want to think that not just the wings, the costume too has vibranium in it because otherwise he'd be dead. Right. You and know? I love the way that they use the wings in combat. You got it in the first oh, episode awesome. when he's chasing around yeah. uh, Bat Rock. I thought that sequence was amazing, like set the stage. Yeah. But throughout the series, when you're seeing like the wings catch him on getting knocked back, when you see the wings being yes. used as a force, when he's turning it up, turning the wings on to knock somebody out or to get to another level or to push something, I think yeah. that those those choreography to elements brace himself, all of it, yeah, awesome. Yeah, because they're awesome. They're vibranium, yeah. so they, mm-hmm. you know, it's, like, it's not like you're worried that it's going to mess up the aerodynamic ability of them. They're they're fine. They're vibranium now, but yes. in that first episode, you see him. They were vibranium like, then too, supposedly. Remember, T'Challa well, remade them, didn't he? Well, he and Danny Ramirez are fixing the wings, or fi- right. fix. They're, well, they're fixing Red Wing early on, and Danny Ramirez right. is the person who inherits becoming the Falcon in the comics, correct? Yes. Well, right. inherits it, yes, but it's a different thing. Right, he, comic, he almost mutates into a... No, he does mutate. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, exactly. So, and I, I felt the Easter egg there is that he has a pair of wings so he could be coming up, you know, the Falcon because Sam's now Captain America. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's set up, whether they do it or not. It's definitely an Easter egg for that. Yeah, and I love the announcement that Malcolm is going to be doing it, Captain is it, America it, 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 Torres, isn't it? Not Ramirez. Uh, I was on... The Wikipedia, which I have right now, and I can correct this for you, Geekscapus, if that is the way it works. And it is uh, Danny Ramirez is the actor. Yeah, right, right, right. Joaquin Torres is the character. Yeah. So, so my bad on that confusion. Yes. Um, but yeah, I we, we now have this Captain America 4 that we're looking forward to. It's the same team. We're going to probably see Bucky back, but we're definitely going to see Sam back. We'll oh. probably be seeing... Uh, Agent Torres back. Maybe the introduction of some form of the Falcon there. 
but it will but let's, oh, talk, let's i guess let's save it so because that, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the, yeah yeah so let, let's, let's save the, the captain america 4 talk a little bit yes and, and even just the way the series ended you know so because because we're getting to some some good interesting themes about this series so you know i i was just saying that you know what i wanted to lead up to was when they took steve out and when they took tony out because let's talk about this in, in more of a macro sense you know, there's so many years of stories of Iron Man stories and some really big stories that they hadn't done yet. There's so many years of Cap stories that they hadn't done yet. Mm-hmm. And you just figured, okay, that's it. And what they did here, they took a few major Cap, Stephen, Steve Captain America stories. And I referenced the Iron Man because we know they're going to do that with Rhodey in Armor Wars, whereas two of the biggest Iron Man stories are Armor Wars and Armor Wars 2. Mm-hmm. So they're going to use Rhodey for it. And I want to talk about how that gets set up here. But um, but w- in terms of the Captain America stories, so there was a few times in the comics that Steve stopped being Captain America, you know? And and it very much had to do in the past with um, him being disillusioned with the government and you know, him walking away, right? And um, so you had both, you know, the first time he became Nomad, yep. okay? Um, and the second time he became the captain, um, when he did it the second time and he became the captain, that's when John Walker came in and he was Captain America. And that ultimately led up into a fight between Captain America, John Walker and the captain, Steve Rogers. And interestingly, the uniform that the captain wore ended up becoming the U.S. agent uniform. This one right here that we see a little bit in our preview window, if you're watching this live. Yet another yeah. reference that they went to the core material to oh, mine it for oh, stuff. When he, great. And when stuff. John Walker starts yelling and it starts starts cheering in the last episode, I'm back. This is the cover that is yeah. super famous of U.S. agent returning. And, you know, he's a bit imbalanced. And, uh you know, this Captain America cover for number 354, where John Walker is yelling, I'm back, and he's wearing the U.S. agent suit. Like, that that was one of my favorite parts of the sixth That's episode. Great. And one of my favorite parts of the entire series was, like, they did it again. Malcolm and well, company did it again. They uh, mined yeah. the original source material and did it in a great new way. And you know, we have to call out, Jonathan, seeing as how, you know, we, we, we haven't done this till the end. I mean, we have to call out Wyatt Russell. You know, there was so much hate online. I saw a great interview with him um, because he loves it because, um, (laughs) you know, he's, um, oh God, I'm blanking. Um, The series he was just on that was a Lodge 49. You know, he was on a show called Lodge 49 um, that just ended like last, last year or so, you know, he did two seasons and he's just so the opposite of his look in John, you know, he has long hair and a beard. And he's this, you know, this surfer punk who had this injury and he's down and out and figuring out his life. And so that, then the interview I just saw with him, and he's right back to that look. Like that, <laughs> that's him when he's not, you know, doing the work, whatever, you know. And he's just, he's just really good. He's this great, really nice, soft, you know, energy, right? And uh, he was being asked about the reaction. He's like, and he, he's not on, you know, he's not on social media. But somebody asked him about, oh, the tweets. It's like, and he's like, yeah, his friend sent it to him. And like, he loved the, the up one. You know, like comparing, you know, like how he looks exactly like the guy from Up, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, but yeah, he, 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 it's just great, you know. But the thing is, yeah, like people are hating on him, like, because he did a great job. Yeah. Exactly how you're supposed to feel. And so I, for one, and I said from the get go, he's going to become US agent. And 
he kind of redeemed. It's like John Walker is always kind of an ass, but he's a good guy. He's not a bad guy. And they did such a good job through it. I mean, look, you know, yes, he's a dick. Yes, he's a hothead. You know, yes, he goes too far. But you kind of understand it, you know, why he went that far. I mean, I'm not, I'm not justifying it. Yeah, he murdered the guy, you know, but you understand what he's going through, particularly in the moment, you know, and, you know, and, you know, ultimately in episode six, he makes the right decision. And Ian, that moment where he kills the guy with the shield, that was something that Hydra Steve did, correct? Can you correct that one for me? Well, well, like from well, the books, it, what was the source material for that? Hydra Steve, but for me, that particular um, imagery dates back to 254 and Baron Blood. Mm-hmm. You know, where, because I remember they'd never seen something like that. Baron Blood was a Nazi vampire that Steve had fought a lot with the invaders. And then in present day, he was dealing with him again. And Baron Blood would always come back to life. And Steve finally ended up, you know, uh, mounted on top of him, fighting him. He's like, yeah, I'm going to come back again. And Steve's like, not this time. And takes the shield exactly like that. And he decapitates him. It's like, boom, right. boom, boom. And you see the blood all over the shield. And it's just like, and, and, I mean, and it's John Byrne drew it. It's amazing. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that art circulating when that episode ran. But I remember Steve's actions doing that when he was Hydra Steve for yeah. the recent storyline where the cosmic cube had turned, had changed history and turned him into right. a, a Which, and, and mind you that that's an interesting thing. Cause there's that rumor out there. Are we going to get that? You know, Feige's denying it, but Feige tends to, tends to deny things that are true when they get out and he doesn't want them out. What, what's the rumor that the cosmic cube is going to bring Steve back multiverse. Well, I think we're going to get the the multiverse. I don't think is deniable at this time. No, no, <laughs> like, uh, no, no. The multiverse isn't deniable, but that we're going to get Hydra Steve as as Steve in the multiverse. Yes, played by Chris Evans. We don't know, right? That no, that's exactly the point. Is that right? So Feige's denial is there been there's no deal, there's no anything, no talk, nothing, and I mean those rumors <laughs> don't come out of anywhere. You, you <laughs> right. nowhere, you know. And then the big question is, and where would you get it? I mean, like, here's the thing: is you know, do you get just a snippet in Doctor Strange? So you know, it exists. You know, where are they leading? Are they leading to a Secret War thing? And is that the way they bring the X Men in? You know, or the Fantastic Four. Exactly, all of it. You know, like, is it? You know, because do you do a thing that they already existed? You know, so. I mean, I, you know, it, it, look, listen, I think we've talked about this before. It's really tricky for me. You know, I'm thrilled that we're going to get Fantastic Four and the X-Men in the MCU, but it'll be really weird for me if they're just young versions and they're just showing up now versus them being adults. And fine, give me, you know, the movies of them young, but tell me if those took place in the past. I want them to be contemporary. Well, Robert Downey wasn't exactly a young actor when he took on Tony Stark. And I think it's okay to introduce Reed Richards and company and Xavier and Charles. But, but not, not as neo-fighting as, heroes. No, but as contemporaries, so these people who now decide to fight as superheroes. So you can have, you can have a Reed Richards in Sue Storm origin story where they are who they are in the Fantastic Four pre powers and they plan the space flight and you see the space flight, but they, but, what, what but, I'm but saying, we're not, ta- we don't get that movie because they're normal people. Now that they're in the Fantastic Four, we get that movie. Is that what you're, I mean, that's what I, I would I'm do. saying that the Fantastic Four, I mean, it's the first family, you know, like they, they're yes. what started Marvel comics for them to just become the Fantastic Four and not be experienced with their powers. And now they're alongside the Avengers and they're like, they're the new guys that that's going to, that mm. would 
that doesn't that doesn't resonate the same with me. I'd almost rather that it be like, no, they've been around for years. They've been doing that, you know, and w- after a giant multiversal event, that becomes the reality, you know? I think it's okay for Reed to be contemporaries of Tony and Pym and all these sciences that we've established. He gets the powers and he's still a contemporary. He's just also now a powered equal to these people who are. I, I, I understand what we're saying. We're, we're, we're not agreeing and we're, we're, we're hijacking the, the, the <laughs> conversation. This is where it goes. Though. Yeah. yeah let's, let's get off the tangent. But you know. the, the X-Men, I have not wrapped my head around, but I, I can understand Charles Xavier uh, raising a school of gifted youngsters in secret because, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but uh, but Peyton Reed has a plan, yeah. and uh, and we'll get to well, it. Well, well, let, let's say this: we've already seen in the MCU that there's plenty of other things. You know, all the way back to Nick Fury's. You didn't think you were the only one, did you? Right, right. You know, and when we've seen Ant Man and the Wasp, you know, existed years ago, and there there have been there's plenty of other things in the MCU we haven't seen. You know, so it's definitely possible they play it that way. Okay, well, let's talk about some of the things that we saw for the first time here. I want to talk about the Zemo storyline and Madripoor, because when Madripoor popped up, you know I lost my shit. I was so excited that that corner of the Marvel Universe was popping up for the first time, and I was like, oh my goodness, it's such a mainstay, not just in these storylines, but the X-Men storyline, the X-Men have been going to Madripoor a lot recently in the books. Well, Madripoor was created in the X-Men books. There you go. So there you go. So definitely a sign that, you know, it, it's, I, I dare say tricky on the legality of it. I would, ex- maybe it would have been a shared thing, but for me, it's definitely a sign that, all right, Disney owns all the X-Men stuff. They can, you know, go anywhere, do anything. I mean, I was hoping for a patch reference. I know. Yeah, sure. Excuse me. But, um, but, you know, I do want to say, and I have to call out uh, my friend Mario who called, that Sharon was power broker from right from that episode. Ian, I think no offense, Mario love that you're watching, but um, I think half the internet thought that Sharon was the power broker. No offense, Mario. A lot of, uh, I was getting tweets about it. I think a lot of people guessed that Sharon was the power broker. Yes. She's the power broker, which was not a tough surprise. That being said, Ian, her character shift is so drastic. Well, we we need to talk about. I, I, I know, I know, I know, I know where you're right. going. I know where you're going. Let me and say, maybe, yeah, we'll go to it whenever you want. Yeah. My, my problem with with the idea of her as the power broker is, it doesn't resonate if she blipped. She's gone five years. I only supposed to be back a few months. And she's know. established herself as the most powerful person in exactly. You're right. It doesn't track. Now, now mind if- you, she, she, she could have done it before, because listen, there's time in between, you know, before the blip. Post-Civil War, yeah. Yeah. So so there's years that she did it. But, you know, but here's the thing. Maybe she didn't blip and she lied about it. Maybe she didn't blip in the scroll that is her lied about it. Well, and that, that's, the, that's the other aspect of it. But, but, but I'm just saying, just to deal with the first thing first, it's just because she says she blipped doesn't mean she did now the Sharon Carter we know wouldn't have lied about it. Well, the scroll taking a power vacuum and entering it to set up whatever we see in Secret right. Invasion later on would have lied about it. I think it, so. Going to that, if she's a scroll, and the question becomes when was she taken? Um, I think that you know because right away I thought to myself on this episode, well, if she's a scroll, does she stay power broker and risk? Her standing, you know, you know, getting the government secrets anyway, you know, for the scrolls. And but I think, you know, well, you know, let's say 
let's say she's a scroll and that scroll was faced in a situation that, okay, this is she's taken over. She's gone after, you know, the illicit aspect of things, you know, and she's manipulating things in the world that way. And now she has this other opportunity. Yeah. And she keeps doing both. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense that she ends up being a scroll. You know, we don't have Jessica Drew Spider-Woman who was the big reveal in mm-hmm. Secret Invasion as the replaced scroll. And, you know, and Mockingbird, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I guess she, she's a better analog for Mockingbird, but in terms of being more front and center, I, I think that we ultimately will see that, you know? But Sharon Carter um, is a scroll. Yes, but I think before that, we're going to see her a bunch. I think certainly, because that's that the thing, coming back around, this last episode set up a lot. I think it, it's obviously set up the power broker appearing other things. I expect the logical place. We'll see her in armor wars. She'll probably be the reason for armor wars. Sure. Cause she's going to get those secrets. She's going to get the armors out there and that's going to lead Rhodey to go on the crusade that in the comics is Tony's that, okay, it's Tony's legacy. Those armors are out there. He has to shut them down. Sure. Okay. So, it's, it's a, so armor wars is going to be a lot of Rhodey just whipping different Iron Man's butts. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I'm in. Sounds fun. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. Um, You know, initially I thought to myself, oh, it seems like a while, won't we see it before that? But, you know, when you think about it in terms of the movies, we get on wars next year. It's not that long. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, Yeah, they're they're already doing it. And we're going to be watching Loki and doing a special in by the end of June or early July. And this is nuts. So many shows coming. So many shows, including I mean, that Secret Invasion show that we've been talking yes, about. Yes, yeah. So, so, so speaking of other things that are coming, so you know, so much set up when when Val first shows up, you know, and she's you know from the get go she's talking about you know other opportunities, and right away we everyone always said you know here's the question: Is it Dark Avengers or is it Thunderbolt? And I now you're talking about both. you're talking about Julia Louis Dreyfus's Valentina yes. Allegra so do we need to discuss this yet, character. Right? Yeah, let's go ahead and tell the geeks give us because I think I think Marvel was saying, oh, there's a big character introduced in this episode. And then when it was this character, people go, huh? I had to Wikipedia her. I don't know. Like, well, why is this a big so deal? In the why comics, is it a big deal? In the comics, for years and years and years, she was Nick Fury's girlfriend in Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay? And, and she was fancy, Italian Contessa, all that stuff. I mean, for years, and that's what she was. She always had Nick's back. You know, go back to the Stranko stuff. Like, she just she was around forever. Mm-hmm. And then, um, when was it? I, you know, so I, I think the listener, I don't know if the listeners really know, you know, from the comics. So in the comics, you had this, you know, very white guy who was in World War II who took something instead of the uh, super soldier serum, he took the infinity formula. But yeah. so he, his aging has slowed down. And that's Nate, the original Nick Fury. That, the original about. Nick Fury. We'll so, call him, we'll call him David Hasselhoff, Nick Fury. Okay. It's still canon as far as I'm concerned. It's well, still canon as far as I'm concerned. Well, so, so here's the thing. <laughs> so, so, you know, in, in the comic books, in what was the ultimate comic store, was it like 1999, something like that? Yes. Um, Marvel came up with this idea of what if these comics were happening now? And, you know, they started with Ultimate Spider-Man, from which Miles Morales ultimately came out of. But, you know, the, the, the vision of Nick Fury, you know, they said, oh, you know, well, modern Nick Fury... We're going to make him look like Sam Jackson. So when they did the movies initially, they borrowed heavily from the ultimate line of comics because of this more modern take on things. Um, ultimately, in the comics, um, the classic comic line, the Universe 616, started taking a lot of aspects from the ultimate stuff that worked. Ultimately, they ended up merging 
the ultimate earth in with the 616 earth talking and, again about that secret war storyline that exactly. is starting to look yeah. more and more like a great solution for the mcu but so the way they dealt with the different nick furies is suddenly nick fury had a son that you know he never knew about and you know now he was nick fury jr and then they ended up getting rid of nick fury senior and basically turning him into a watcher analog <laughs> yes they um, did. which i i hate i hate that um but you didn't like the original sin storyline <laughs> It it pulled a lot of strings that like yeah. yeah it was it was messy it was definitely messy so so so, so they, they replaced him so now Nick Fury running around Marvel looks like Samuel Jackson and sure. it, it's easier for people that are you know joining comics having seen the movies I but think anyway it's easier for stockholders coming, man, is what you're saying anyway so coming back around to Val so before they did that on a more modern twist they ended up saying that she was a double agent and she ended up being Madame Hydra. Um, so because of that, we already have reason to suspect her motives as comic fans. Like, all right, is she good or isn't she? And, and her little, you know, her little playful stuff. I think what we're getting, what the buildup to is, so we've two different things happen in comics, two different teams that were bad, but were they were, so there was Thunderbolts first. Mm -hmm. Thunderbolts was a team that happened, um, during the Heroes Reborn storyline in which most of the main heroes got shunted to a pocket universe because they let Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld, who at the time, you know, were busy with image play with the characters. And they, so they took the Avengers, the fantastic four out and they put them in and they, and they, they did something very similar to what they later did with the ultimates where it was their own universe. And they started over as if it was modern day and all that. Anyway, not to go off on that tangent. Okay. Too much. But at that time, there was a big gap in the regular Marvel 616 universe. So suddenly these heroes appeared called the Thunderbolts and no one knew who they were. And they were there to fight for what's right and just, and the giant reveal who I can't imagine it in this day and age, but solicitors managed to not reveal this was at the end of the first issue, they took off their masks and they were the masters of evil in disguise. The yeah. masters of evil were the big Avengers, bad guys led by Zemo. Yeah. And I, still remember the shockwaves of that story like gave everybody and it was what you said like it was one of the rare master strokes in comics in the yeah. late 90s because it was music so yeah surprised a master no. writer who knows you know encyclopedic about you know just knows everything you know about the history um yeah it, it was so good and and that book went through many iterations you know it evolved a bunch over the years eventually zima was pushed out hawkeye actually came in and he redeemed those, they redeemed those characters, you know, a lot of them stopped being villains and became true heroes. Sure. Even though they've been heroes, been villains for a long time. And who does that better than Hawkeye? Well, Hawkeye <laughs> right. Well, Hawk, Hawkeye, that was Hawkeye's story, you know. Right. I mean, right. Hawkeye was originally, it's Hawkeye's first appearance. He was duped by a spy who had him, you know, robbing Stark Industries to steal secrets. You know, and he, it, was, it was a little uh, honeypot move where she used her feminine wiles to get him to do that. You know, a, little, a spy named Natasha Romanov, the Black Widow. Mm -hmm. So again, another, a, a villain initially. And both of them redeemed and became Avengers. Um, so anyway, um, so yeah, so, so Hawkeye led that team for a long time. Um, and eventually, uh, the Red Hulk, who was uh, who's Thunderbolt Ross... Yep. who, you know, we've had, you know, as in his original role in the comics as General Ross, who initially hunted the Hulk. Um, in the comics, he eventually exposed himself 
to Gamma Rays and became the Red Hulk and led a, a Thunderbolts team. Um, so the other storyline that I think they're going to pull from is Dark Avengers, wherein the government at the time, um, a character that they can't use because he belongs to the Spider-Man world is Norman Osborn. Norman Osborn got himself in a, a position of authority in the government and he formed his own team of Avengers with Avengers analogs, basically he, his own version of the Avengers. And he got there by saving the world from secret invasion. Yes. So yeah. we are getting secret invasion, but you're right. Norman Osborn can't be the hero that saves the, right. the world from that and gets elected and then starts a dark Avengers. We might have to find a different hero or well, villain I, that redeems themselves differently. Right. I, I think right. they're going to have Val pulling the strings and maybe you have Zemo as a field leader. You know, I mean, I, I, th- I think I see that coming. And then with you know, things like U.S. Agent having, I think they're going to have the analogs to the Avengers. You know, sure. so it'll be Thunderbolts with more of a Dark Avengers feel. If that right, so it'll be it'll be John Walker, Zemo, and a bunch of other and gray that, area heroes. That the question: We know we're getting Abomination in She Hulk. Makes we are. Sense. So Talk makes to me about sense. that. I didn't know that we were getting Abomination in She Hulk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because 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 he is in the still canon Hulk movie that we got. That's right. That's right. And he, are he's we getting the, Alaska? Are we getting the same actor? Yeah, yeah, Tim Roth. Oh my God, that is whoa, hey, whoa, whoa! I don't read the trades as much as you do, Ian, and uh, that's I'm great. Asian. She Hulk, she Tim that's Roth. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love that, and I and I definitely want to see the leader now. <laughs> right. So we're getting the swordsman in Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. So you know, again, he would make sense. As you know, the Hawkeye analog. Yeah, because yeah. because it, it can't be Bullseye. What well, can no. be? But you it, know, it can be now. But you have to reintroduce that character. Yeah, because yeah. he's part of the Netflix Marvel universe. Yeah. And I'm all for it. I'm all for I'm all for bringing back Mike Coulter. I'm back all for bringing back Charlie Cox. And you know oh, who I? Let me tell you, Geekscapers. Spider-Man. Supposedly in Spider-Man. You know who I met? Oh, he's last, in. I didn't even tell you, uh, Ian. Last weekend I met. Uh, the actress who played um, his girlfriend, what uh, Kate, or what, what's her name? Uh, Daredevil's girlfriend. I'm blanking. Oh, um, uh, Wall. Um, yeah, Deborah Ann Wall. Wall. I met her. She she was at that uh, LA Comic Con thing that I did. Yeah, she's really for, nice. I met her before she too. was great, very lovely, uh, and a huge D and D player, which is why she was at this oh. event. And yeah, uh, I, I met yeah. her. Con uh, years ago, a friend of mine actually was representing her, and uh, and I met it. Very nice. No, she's very cool and a definite tabletop gaming geek. All right, okay, so we've strayed away from Falcon Winter Soldier, but Geekscapist, that's why you download this show is so that you can listen to Ian put a ton of context around what was going on. Because as Jeff Loeb, no longer in the MCU, said, like everything's connected. Um, okay, so we have this uh, Valentina character, Julia Louis Dreyfus. And it is actually like a really big um, character. Yeah. If all these things play out, we get some version so, of the Thunderbolts, so and we get some secret invasion. This is all going to be a pretty big character. So they've acknowledged that she's in Black Widow, and Black Widow was supposed to have come out before. Okay, now I'm just reeling. That's huge. Yeah, yeah. So the character's in Black Widow, and Black Widow was supposed to be out already, so... Her showing up in this would have resonated differently if, if Black Widow had already been out. We'd seen her in it already. And be like, oh, it's all connected. Now we're getting her as an introduction. So then we'll see her in Black Widow. And it's probably not going to matter. Oh, that's the other thing. Um, Yelena Belova, yes. who 
in the in the comics, it was just a you know who replaced Natasha at a certain point, and then he, and he ended up being bad for a bit, and then you know now works with Natasha and respects her. In the movie, they've started making her a sister. So the rumors are, since Natasha's dead in the present day, Yelena is going to replace her as Black Widow. That was an easy one to see, though. That was one that, yeah, that was pretty easy. When you started seeing the synergy between the movie and the comics, and obviously that movie should have come out a year ago, if not for COVID, then you saw saw that in the comics, the synergy going on already, and they were setting that up. Um, Okay, so... Ian, this is this. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, your buddy Mario, he showed up in the in the comments, and he said that Coulter is being actually recast as Luke Cage. That's already been made public, and, and probably so is uh, Finn, who played. Oh, I, I hadn't Iron heard Fist. that. I hadn't heard it either. And Geekscape, just take it with a grain of salt. No respect, no disrespect to Mario. I hadn't read it either. Um, again, I've I've not been reading the trades recently. Uh, so, like I said on this week's Geekscape, when it comes to geek stuff, like. I'm a mile wide, like an inch thin well, on my knowledge. So, well, my my yeah. question becomes: Is the statement he's being recast because because Coulter's busy? He's on Evil, you know, so mm-hmm. he probably isn't even available. But is that a definitive decision that they're using Paramount Iron Fist sometime soon? He's being recast. Like, is there a plan in place? I don't know. I, I don't. Here's here's why I don't fully. I love Mario. He's a good dude, and using the same Krav Maga skills that he uses with you, Ian. As your as your training partner, he can. No, he's my teacher. Oh, he can squash me like a grape. He will kill me immediately. I. Oh my God, Mario! Please do not kill me after I say this. But because there hasn't been an announcement of an iron uh, of an iron fist or a power man uh, in the MCU as we know it currently, I I'm going to take that that Mike Coulter recasting of the Garena salt, unless you want to send us the, or link the article in the, yeah. in the comments geeks gave us, if you go to our Facebook uh, where Mario is posting from, maybe it'll be right there in the comments. I, I, I truly hope that they show some respect because, you know, cause they were connected and I mm-hmm. know that it was, you know, there was a sort of a separation between, you know, the, the TV stuff and the, um, and the cinematic stuff. But, I mean, I, w- I would like that resolved, you know, um, even in a, in a recast, I would like those storylines resolved. Yeah. Um, my wife commented actually watching this, how, you know, as good as the Netflix shows were, these are just so much better. I said, yeah, they're truly cinematic and everything. Um, but, but there was still a lot I liked about those shows. And, you know, I would like them that to be acknowledged. Look, as bad as Iron for season one was, season two was infinitely better. Iron Fist and there was, was stuff- season, a ton and better. Se- and season three looked like it would have been great. And we have in some of these characters that we've talked about, like Mockingbird, she was in Agents of Shield, like and, I, and I loved her in Agents of Shield. Yeah. They tried twice to give her that spinoff show, and I was bummed that you know after that. I mean, honestly, they couldn't have because of the Orville. But you know, like I, I, I hope she'd come back. So, Ian, we talked about this Valentina character. Um, I think a, a big character that we need to talk about is Isaiah Bradley. The fact yes. that I mean, we knew this was coming. But the fact that they brought this character in from the Truth miniseries, which was so good, almost like so in Elseworlds when it came out, this Truth miniseries, it took a while for it to become canon. And I don't, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. That long? I, I didn't think it was canon until Young Avengers revealed that his grandson was yeah, part. But that, of that it. wasn't that much after. Like I, well, it was like three or four years, right? Uh, was it that but long? When Truth came out, I think when Truth came out, it was a pretty great storyline right off the bat. Oh, yeah. But it didn't include any of the other Marvel characters necessarily. It kind of felt like it was in its own window. And then you got young Avengers and they did that masterstroke of saying that the, the Patriot character in young Avengers 
is the grandson of Isaiah Bradley. And suddenly those truth issues became hot stuff because it oh, was yeah. a- absolutely canon. I loved that truth mini series that introduced Isaiah Bradley. And uh, I thought, and I thought including him here again, like I said, at the top of the show is another masterstroke by Malcolm Spellman in the, in the, the team absolutely. to include all these different aspects of the Captain America universe <laughs> in a nice economic way in six episodes. And, and, you know, th- there's a lot that was clever about it. Um, you know, in the comic, the idea was that, it was the trials and just like Tuskegee where before Steve Rogers, you know, there were others that, you know, had done, of course they'd, they'd done the tests on black people like they did with Tuskegee in that horrible way. Um, it's an interesting thing, actually what they did. And this is a very subtle thing. I don't know if you, if you, if this resonates with you, um, the fact that they actually placed him later is relevant. The reason it's relevant is in the comics, they had a couple of replacement Captain Americas when Steve was frozen. A couple of times they tried to duplicate the super soldier serum and they'd all pretty much go insane. Okay. One mm-hmm. in particular in the fifties. And he had a Bucky actually, who was Jack Monroe, who actually ended up not staying insane, came out of cryo years later and he became nomad. Okay. So there's a lot of info, Ian. I hope the Geekscape is appreciated. So, yeah, so so Jack Monroe was a character. He was the, the Bucky of the 1950s um, who, and, and, and his Captain America was insane. He came out at one point, Steve's fought him and beat him. But anyway, the reason I'm referencing that is, so what they've revealed to us here is that, of course, it makes sense. They kept trying to recreate Captain America. So Isaiah Bradley here was around in the 50s and fought Bucky as Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. I love that introduction when you see them in the house for the first time and they're talking a little bit of smack oh, yeah. to each other. I love that. That, that was, was awesome. Yeah. And that really was a highlight for me because especially in that episode five, it was a highlight of episode five, which I felt was like the lull before the big finale. And that scene where you have him telling Sam, they're never going to go for a black Captain America. This will never happen. This country will turn on you like it did on me. They put me in jail after everything they did to me. I thought that was uh, probably to me like the heart of that commentary that the series did on what we're going, we went through in the sixties, what we've been through, uh, you know, a country that was built on slavery and very much topical for what we've gone through the last few weeks and the last year in this country. Um, That dialogue right there between the two of them was definitely one that I rewound and rewatched because it was huge. And the precursor to the speech we got on episode six from Sam, um, just re- really nailing things, you know, and uh, nailing that commentary. And I, I love when he actually says to Sam and Six, um, you know, you know, you're special, you know, you know, Malcolm or Martin. And I actually like him <laughs> saying it that way because the idea here is that because he is so special and he was beyond contemporary, he was before them, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, so he's, you know, it, it, it's a different thing, right? Yeah. He got the endorsement from somebody who saw them all come up. You know, um, so that was huge. Let's talk about the fun stuff. Baron Zemo, who became a cult favorite. And And Baron Zemo's dancing. Oh, he was also every I mean, I texted you and Justin like I didn't think it was a spoiler, but I was crying laughing so much. I'd pretty much guessed that you had seen the episode, but Justin had not. And I pretty much texted you. I watched every one of them at midnight. Yeah, I know. I I texted you almost immediately and I said, Turkish Delight. 
irresistible, which <laughs> just had me laughing. They gave him so many good lines. They gave him so many great character turns. And ultimately, they put him on the raft along with the villain, along with a lot of these flag smashers from the last episode. The raft is also introduced in this series. Uh, is that not where they put everybody in Civil they War did. at the end of yes. Civil War? Yeah. So the, the raft is now being reintroduced as a powder keg in the Marvel Universe. I'm going to go ahead and say, like, that shit's going to come back and bite them. Yeah. Well, we want, speaking of Zemo, you know, it was one of my big issues with Civil War. I love that Zemo was a villain, but it wasn't Zemo. He was and my favorite one, part of Civil War. But but it wasn't but classic Zemo. And in yes. one fell swoop, they did almost everything about Zemo. You know, they made him Baron Zemo. You had the mask, you had the coat, the whole thing. I mean, the only thing I'm really missing is the, okay, his father was a Nazi in the war, that stuff. We didn't get that. You know, sure. it's all that's left, you know, but yeah. And he, and he was also a pretty good barometer on the whole commentary of the need for super soldiers. I like that he was anti-super soldier. I like that he didn't suddenly want the serum for himself because that it was interesting. Yeah, it, it, it would have been it, hypocritical. It would have been hypocritical. And but you thought he was going to take it, right? In that scene, you're waiting. You, you, it, 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 the obvious thing would have been for him to take it. Well, and it was a master stroke. It was a master stroke that he w- looked at it. And there was that pregnant moment, and he doesn't fall prey to it. He destroys it, whereas John Walker takes it and uses it. And it's like, oh, man, like, who's the actual villain here? And it goes back to what I'm saying. is that they did a great job of stuffing this thing full of stuff across the Captain America mythos. And then, like you said, putting this underlying message in gray area and all of it to allow discussion. I love the whole idea that, you know, John Walker gets his ass completely kicked by the Dora Milaje and he straight up says it. They don't even have a super soldier serum. They beat my ass, you know, like it's not even close. I mean, like literally down to like throwing a spear through the the straps on the shield. I mean, like, it's like they just effortlessly kicked his ass. Yeah, the fight choreography on this was fantastic. We talked about how they uh, brought the wings into as part of the fight choreography. Um, I love the redemption of the partial redemption of John there at the end of that sixth episode because you really think he's going to come in all violence and just mess things up for Sam and Bucky, but he actually tries to redeem himself. Yeah, and even though I was screaming arrest him when he was just standing there watching everybody get put in trucks, you know, when he's, when you were seeing the flag smashers get put into trucks at the end, after everything's been wrapped up and Sam's given his speech and the bad guy's got to go to jail. I kept saying now arrest John Walker. Like he's next. (laughs) Did you find it weird that you have the cops say, yeah, one world and you think it's like going to lead to a breakout and then they get blown up. Like, was that? No, I mean, listen, Feige can only have so many spinning plates, all right, pal? Well, I, just, I didn't know. Was, was, was that a purposeful misdirect? Is that I'm what they sure. did there? I, uh, you know what? I'm not over. I, I actually didn't even make a note to overthink it. Like, I was just like. You, you okay. see my point, right? Like, you think yes. he says that, so you think they're about to get broken out, and then Zemo, Zemo's henchman blows him up. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but keep in mind, they're also super soldiers. Let's erase them. Let's take them off the board. That is what Zemo's henchman would be ordered to do. Of course he would. I'm just saying yeah. the cop right before, it seemed like they were about to get broken out. Yeah, it's a nice misdirect, but I don't yeah. think that it's anything beyond Zemo continuing his agenda of removing super soldiers from the, the planet. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. On the Zemo yeah. side of it. No question. And when he ultimately gets broken out of the raft and they create thunderbolts and all that, I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so Ian, 
there's a lot that we can continue to talk about, but I think we nailed a lot of the main points, especially like the idea that Sharon Carter and Valentina's characters are going to lead a little bit into Secret Invasion that we saw Rhodey oh, in episode so, one. That's so going to go into Armor Wars. Where is this going to lead into other things, especially since so, Captain America 4 got announced? So, so this, this was, it was interesting. You know, obviously the show was Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And then when they, they across the screen, when it said it's Captain America and the Winter Soldier. And I know my first thought was like, all right, are they saying that's what this show now is? Is that season two? You know, and obviously watching it initially at midnight that night, the next day you get the announcement of Captain America 4. So... Correct. Uh, say what you just said. The final title in the series was Captain America and the Winter Soldier, correct? Right, right. Yeah. So the question became, of course, immediately, all right, are they saying now that that's what, the, that's what this series now is? Are we getting another season? That's what it is? You know, then there's the announcement of Captain America 4. Is that what that is? Mm-hmm. You know, those are the questions we have now. I'm taking it as... This series has now, at the end, it was Captain America and the Winter Soldier. You know, yes. the Falcon and the Winter Soldier became that. And that that's all that meant. And now, so what's next? Well, the fact that, you know, we have, you know, the showrunner, one of the other writers of this series, now announced writing Captain America 4, we're getting Sam's, that's where Sam goes next. And he fights what? And there's Bucky there too. A, I hope Bucky's there because it's great. Okay. It's B, fun. Yeah. As, as for what he fights, I, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah, sure what I'm not sure what that story is. We're not going to see that movie before 2023, are we? No. Yeah. No. I mean, they're writing it now, presumably. I mean, listen, it's Marvel. They could have been writing it for the last year. Sure. You know. Um, I mean, for all we know, it, it's going to camera. You know, in the next couple of months, and but even so. Early 2023 would be the soonest we're getting that. I would say. But Marvel likes giving us things every three weeks at this point. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, COVID has been responsible for some of that, but Ian. Oh, no, J- Jonathan, come June, it's we, you, 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 every week you get something. We're getting the Loki. We're getting the Scarlet, or not Scarlet, we're getting Black Widow. We're getting, uh, we're getting Shang-Chi. You saw that Shang-Chi trailer. We're getting Eternals. We're getting just nonstop barrage of stuff. Hawkeye, She-Hulk, Hawkeye, Ms. Marvel. What if we're got it? We got to talk about what Moon if. And you know what, Ian? We may also have to talk about Modok, which just looks hilarious. It looks so good. Now that is left <laughs> over from from Jeff Loeb stuff. Right. That's the last thing from that. But oh my god, that looks so funny and so awesome. <laughs> I I think it's fun. It looks great. Um, <sighs> Where does this leave Bucky? I know we talked about Captain America five, but it or, or four, but this does seem like Bucky has his own path as well, and he can kind of become his own thing, or a, like I, I think like a free agent in a lot of the Disney, a lot of the Marvel properties, in the same way that you know maybe Nick Fury was or well, Sharon Carter. Well, yeah. well, what you're referring to sort of in the comics, I think you know that they, they tried to have Bucky as a free agent and roam around, do different things, and. You know, they had him be the man on the wall, which supposedly Nick Fury was for years, which was like this guy. You know, by the way, that reference to I thought Captain America was on the moon, I took that as a reference to that. Where he becomes like a watcher type. Yes. Good good call. Because one thing that I texted you by episode three with was they are acting like Steve is dead. Steve is not dead. That's the thing is we don't actually have any idea what they've told the public about Steve Rogers. And that's actually one of my biggest issues in the show is like, we don't know. We know that, I mean, down to, he went back in time. What do they tell people? 
You know, he came back old. Well, they tell people, you know, now he's gone. You know, Sam has the shield. They had to say something. Right. You know, but I feel like that little comment, oh, I thought he was on the moon. is like, literally like, I don't think, I don't think people know. Right. They know he's gone. That's what they know. You know? I I mean, the the reality is that the Avengers, they had no duty to tell anyone anything. Right. So we will, you believe, start to see the reassemblage of the Avengers in the next three, four years? Well, you know, what's interesting is we did see in an endgame that Black Widow was running this thing where it was actually a intergalactic Avengers, right? She had people out there doing things. Mm -hmm. We don't know if any, who, if anyone has taken on that role and presumably nobody has. And so you have the government trying to act to do that. Right. So the question becomes at what point, you know, how long do they go? Does it take a Thunderbolt Stark Avengers kind of thing forming before someone else, perhaps Sam saying, Hey, no, you know, Sam and Rhodey together or something going, we need, to get together and, and put this down. You know, the Avengers has to exist again. Yeah, maybe that's a post-Secret yeah. War type I, thing or I, post-Armor Wars or post... I mean, what are the big movies that are coming up? Like, we don't have well, an Avengers movie on the slate. Well, we're, we're in Phase 4. We don't know how long Phase 4 lasts. You know, that's one of the, the conversations is where are we going, you know? In, in the past, the phases all culminated with something. Um, obviously, the major culmination was bringing it to, all together in Infinity War and then to Endgame, right? Um, there's a couple of different things that, you know, I think we may be leading to. You know, we all speculated Galactus and Fantastic Four. And things are very all, much going cosmic. Right. We've Marvel also speculated too. Kang, yeah. right, for time sure. travel. And that, um, Kang has been confirmed, uh, for sure. I, I felt coming off WandaVision, I think that Dormammu was not a one-off in Doctor Strange. And even even the multiverse aspect of that, I think that, you know, Dormammu may be leading into being a big, bigger bad with the multiverse and Wanda studying the dark hold. Mm-hmm. And because isn't Kang also an agent of the multiverse if he's a time trump- jumper? They could certainly go that route. Because clearly you know, he's that, in Ant-Man right. and the Wasp too. And right. it's called like, right. like multiverse funhouse. What's the movie called? Oh, <laughs> the next yeah. Ant-Man and, and, and I know that Doctor Strange 2 is Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. I think Ant-Man and the Wasp has a fun multiverse title. Oh, do they? Is that, that I didn't know yeah. that. Um, yeah. So we know Kang showing up there. Um, yeah. You know, we'll, we'll see. I'm we'll see. But uh, it's interesting. I, oh, what I wanted to say is um, the dark hole that Scarlet Witch is studying at the end of WandaVision, which was a, I believe, was actually a little scene cut out of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. If you go by Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know that it's actually deriving its power from Dormammu. Yeah, and here we go. Uh, Ant-Man 3 is called Quantumania. That's Quantum Ant-Man Mania. and the Lost Quantumania. So that's all Quantum Realm. That's that's a bit of the multiverse as well. That's they've, right. They've, they've used the Quantum Realm to traverse the multiverse a lot. So, uh, And they did that in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. So, right. Um, Thank you, Xander Dancer off of YouTube threw that to us. Thank you for watching and thank you for commenting and saving this guy's butt, who's supposed to be like head geek at Geekscape, but again, mile wide, inch inch deep. That's why I got to get... That's why I got to get Ian here, our resident super soldier and comic book encyclopedia. Uh, Dude, we can keep going, but I think 
we need to uh, call a recess until the next Marvel project, which I think is Loki, uh, because Black Widow's in July, correct? Right. I think yes. Loki and, and Black Ma- Widow Ma- are going to Ma- be before that. But Loki is going to be ending around the time Black Widow comes out, so you're going to yes. have escape as no, two more of these. I think literally, what, what, I think literally what they're doing is from Loki on, it's, it's something every week. Oh my goodness, Ian! Not that I don't love you, not that I don't love having these specials with you. We're going to be drowning in Marvel content, and it's a good thing. I mean, twelve-year-old Jonathan dreaming that there was going to be any of this is insanity. Oh yeah, insanity. Oh. Um, I wish nothing but like the best to, uh, to Malcolm Spellman and his team going into Captain America four. They did something that was awesome. And I think that new Marvel viewers who came in because of WandaVision, um, they stuck around for this one. And I think they're doing what Stephanie did and they're going back and they're exploring the rest of the Marvel universe. And this was the highest rated Disney plus show, including Mandalorian. So crazy. it's, it's working and, uh, sure is huge. Um, Ian, buddy, thank you so much for coming on Geekscape. Thanks for having me. It's huge having you here. Uh, Geekscape, if you want more of this kind of content, go ahead and subscribe to the Geekscape podcast. We have another episode coming to you later this week because I've watched Mortal Kombat like 17 times by now, and I can't wait to talk to you guys about Mortal Kombat. So subscribe. (laughs) I've, I've seen it once, and Ian texted me and said, is Mortal Kombat good? And I will not reveal what I told him. Because uh, that's not actually what I said, but I won't say what I said. <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk Mortal Kombat later this week, Geekscapists. Uh, so subscribe to the podcast. Come back here. You'll see that announcement of when we're doing the live episode coming up soon. Um, we have tons of Geekscapes. So just find us on social media and subscribe and all that stuff. And Ian is at Ian L. Kerner on Twitter. Um, you can, you know, cool, man. Let's go back to the movies. Uh, I'm completely vaxxed. And ready. All right. Let's do it. Well, wait, did you get Vax or did you get the Super Soldier Serum? I'll never tell. (laughs) All right, Geeks Gavis. We will talk to you next time. Geeks Gave Forever, over and out. Peace. You're listening to the Geeks Network. 